7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Hope Tuesday's after a good start for you. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Busy show. Chance to win a lot of stuff today. We're going to try to uh, bail you out if you don't have Valentine's plans tomorrow. No, Buckeye and myself, we're not going to chauffeur you around or anything like that, you and your significant other, but we do have a little date night package we're giving away today with uh, Fat Cap Ottery on Main Street. We'll have nice. that. So uh, if you haven't made plans, this might save your bacon on this one. Uh, also today, we'll have a Wrigley Field Cutterville Sports Trivia to win a $15 gift certificate to uh, Wrigley Field on North Avenue. We'll have uh, Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema. We'll have a uh, Herd Trivia brought to you by Cutterville Craft Coffee and Beer. We got a lot going on today. So we have a, a lot uh, with uh, Mav Day coming up at uh, 9 o'clock this morning. Chris Hanks, Mike George, and uh, Taylor Wagner set to join us this morning. We'll also talk a little high school basketball with uh, the coach of the uh, Delta Girls basketball team. They just keep winning and winning. Cal Crowder will join us at 720 because over on the Monkey tonight, it's our uh, Highway 50 game of the week. We have two this week, by the way. Over the monkey, uh, both Delta teams at Coleridge tonight. And then Friday, Montrose plays host to uh, Durango. So uh, we'll have uh, Kyle Crowder joining us a little bit. We'll also have uh, basketball on the team tonight. Both Palisade teams hosting Eagle Valley. Palisade girls have already locked up the Western Slope League title their first in eight years. And now the Palisade boys uh, trying to put themselves in better position when it comes to trying to make the uh, the 5A playoffs, the state tournament. So uh, we'll uh, also have that tonight right here on the Team Sports Network. So a busy show this morning. Uh, Nuggets get uh, just absolutely whacked last night. And they got pelted. Yeah. A couple times in a row now, it feels like. Yeah, you got, you got smoked at, uh, by Sacramento and then Sacramento, who they have coming in tomorrow with their final game before the All-Star break. And a um, little bit concerned, according to Michael Malone, Jamal Murray left the game with bilateral tibia inflammation. And then Contavious Caldwell-Pope still has the hamstring problem. Both those guys left last night. And um, the, the feeling for Michael Malone was that it's it was more precautionary in the part of Jamal Murray than anything else that didn't feel right. Thought he better sit out the rest of the game. And that uh, the feeling is, like I said, nothing serious, but good time for the All-Star break to roll around. We'll put it that way. Yeah. For the Nuggets. And he does not want them to completely limp, pardon the pun there, with Jamal Murray's leg injury, into the All-Star break. They got Sacramento tomorrow night over Ball Arena, hoping to uh, at least uh, get a, get a win, snap the two game losing streak before they go uh, into the All Star break. So we'll we'll talk more about that coming up. Um, so a texter call us today on the team line because we have pole dancing today, and so for pole dancing, we thought we'll have our predictions, our five teams to win the Super Bowl in twenty twenty five, which just seems really weird to say, twenty twenty five. 
Also, the five acts we'd like to see play halftime at the Super Bowl. And the five places we'd like to see the Super Bowl play that hasn't haven't gone there yet. So we'll have that coming up. And you can offer up your opinion on those things, too, today on the team line. We'd love to hear from you. So it's uh, 970-242-1340. Busy show ahead of us today. So um, looking forward to hearing what you have to think about. Your, your five favorites now. San Francisco by the, the wise guys in Vegas. They're the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year. And not to blow up my entire five for pole dancing. I disagree. I have them in there. I just don't yeah. have them as the favorite. Yeah, I just... I think I have yeah. them fourth or fifth of my five. Yeah, I'm still working through mine. I, I'm not sure where... They'll, they'll be in the top five. I'm just not sure where they fit in. Yeah. And, boy, the more and more you hear about the the lack of uh, communication between Kyle Shanahan and his players about mm-hmm. the overtime. I, I just, how do you, how do you not let guys know that? I, I just, and I need to get players. We assume players are going to inform themselves, but we know that's not true, right? That they're not going right. to always. And so you have to be, you have to, as the head coach, you're the adult in the room. And you have to be the guy. Hey, look, if we get to overtime, this is different for those for those that played mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, it's gonna be different this time. So we if we do get to overtime, here's how it plays out. And here's how we yeah. plan on approaching that. If we get to that, and if we coin toss, we're gonna take the ball, we're gonna we're gonna defer, whatever. That this is what how it plays out. Mm-hmm. And and I just, not that that entirely cost them the game. No, I don't think so. I think. But it didn't help. I mean, and I was listening to some shows yesterday, and there's one similar thread. Mm, not a thread. There's one similar point of time that all this draws back to. And people aren't going to like to hear it. But San Francisco lost that Super Bowl. And they lost it. Chiefs won it, but San Francisco also lost it because of Kyle Shanahan. Whether it's not knowing the overtime rules, not relaying the overtime rules, not continuing to run the football by the hubris and some, to be perfectly honest, egomaniacal nature of I'm going to make my quarterback be the MVP of this game to show how smart I am for drafting him last to whatever else. Kyle Shanahan lost that game on Sunday. Whatever whatever decision you want to use, it right. all comes back to Kyle Shanahan. Absolutely, and, and it's not all on that decision. That decision did not help. No. And more we you pile them up. The more we, we, we go back and forth about it and... I don't know if it was entirely. We had George who called yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was entirely the wrong decision. It certainly came back to bite them, though. It yeah. feels like. There were things, that, like in any game, things happen that lead to the result. It's not It's not all in one moment normally. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is. But normally it's, it's, a, it's decisions you make. Through the, it's kind of like life. 
decisions you make along the course of the journey in a yeah. game that lead to the outcome, whether it's a good outcome or a bad outcome. The decision to to not run the football to start the third quarter. That that was a decision that hurt. And and it hurt badly because that allowed Kansas City to kind of get their offense going, mm-hmm. got the, put the Niner defense back on the field again, and it gave Kansas City an opportunity to get get some life in the second half. And something very few people are talking about, that last offensive play for the Niners, very bold to draw up a play that does not block Chris Jones. <laughs> Do you not? Yeah, I like, do not block that guy. I don't. Not no. even just a chip. Like he was, he hesitated. He's like, "There's no way I'm, I'm this unblocked." And then, I almost said Jimmy G. Then, new Jimmy G. Brock Purdy had to throw that away. Yes. And they kicked a field goal. Like, you're running the ball. You just ran it right down the field against them in overtime. Keep just hand twenty three the rock and let him do it. It, they're just yeah. They're, all of a sudden, it seemed like there was this this aversion to running the football at mm-hmm. times by Kyle Shanahan. And I say it's his ego. It's I'm going to do this because if Chris McCaffrey runs it, it's not me. It's not Brock, who's my guy. It's going to be somebody else. If Brock does this, we both do this. It's a little bit of, a part hey, of we screwed up on Trey Lance, but look what we look what we did look here. Look at what we got. Look what we got here. Mr. Irrelevant. He was trying to win Brock Purdy, the MVP, in the third quarter. As opposed to trying, to win, the the game. Fo- trying to win the football game. <laughs> I just the more I the more I think back, the more I read about, you know, just breaking down things that I may have missed. It all screams to me that just mistake after mistake after mistake made by Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, it's um, it's a head scratcher on some of it. And yeah, I mean, George I, Kittle leaves injured. Debo Samuel's dinged up. He's on and off the field. Brandon Ayuk is kind of a non-factor. Why now? Who's Brock Purdy throwing to? Kyle Juszczyk? Yeah. Like, no offense. Uh, Love the fact that he's got nine letters in his last name and none of them are a vowel. But it's like run the ball. You have Christian McCaffrey. Right. And he's a great versatile player, but he's he's way down the menu. Yes. Of behind all those guys you just right. mentioned. If he's your second or third option, you're in trouble. Things are not good for you. And you're putting pressure, all this pressure on your second year quarterback, where there was already a ton of pressure on him, and now you made it even worse. Right, and and it wasn't and it wasn't like Brock Purdy played badly in that game. He didn't. No, he didn't. But the key to success for them is running the football. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I, I do think that Kyle Shanahan fell in love with the notion of Kyle Shanahan. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make this guy. I'm gonna make Brock Purdy a, mm-hmm. a, a a hero. He's gonna be the MVP of this game, and people are gonna say, "Wow, look what Kyle Shanahan did look there." Look at that coaching. Look job. how look how smart Kyle Shanahan is. Mm-hmm. What a great job! What a great job John Lynch did. Let's taking that guy, Mister Relevant, last pick of the draft. Yeah. Like, look how smart we are. And it was somewhere yesterday. Not that that's a knock on John Lynch. Mm-hmm. That's Kyle Shanahan trying to sell everybody on. Look how smart we are. Right. Look how smart I am. It was it was somewhere yesterday, and I may be mixing up the metaphor. Maybe it's not even a metaphor. I don't know. It's early. That Kyle Shanahan was 
trying to control the narrative around the Super Bowl. Where Andy Reid, who also calls plays offensively for his counterpart, the Chiefs, was just trying to get playmakers the ball. Whether it's Pacheco or Rice, MVS wide open in the end zone, you know, Travis Kelsey, just get the ball into the hands of somebody who can make a play. Doesn't matter how we do it. Doesn't matter doesn't how matter it looks. Doesn't matter who gets it. Just somebody make a play. It doesn't matter how we put a drive together. Mm-hmm. As long as the drive results in a, preferably a touchdown, but, right. but but points or better field position. Andy Reid didn't care how, the, how it got done. Felt like Kyle Shanahan did. Yeah, it, Andy Reid is not hung about the aesthetics. Kyle Shanahan seemed to be. Mm-hmm. And his his hubris, his desire to to try to make Brock Purdy the hero here, yeah. Again, where look for for Andy Reid in somewhat defense of Kyle Shanahan a little bit. It is a fantastic luxury to have Patrick Mahomes, one hundred percent. And it, it does not. And that's not me taking anything away from Andy Reid, mm-hmm. because Patrick Mahomes would be the first guy to admit I'm the player I am because Andy Reid and what Andy Reid did. Yeah. And what Eric Bieniemy did when mm-hmm. he was there as well. But Andy Reid deserves the, the lion's share of the credit. And same with the development of Brock Purdy. A lot of that, it was Brian Greasy. Yeah. Kind of weird to say that, but that's true. Strange, yeah. And, and and what they did on the offensive side, what Kyle Shanahan did in helping develop Brock Purdy. It's the double-edged sword of the offensive genius, right? It's... They're in that position because of what Kyle Shanahan did with Brock Purdy. They lost the game because of what Kyle Shanahan did with Brock Purdy. It's a very fine line of, all right, this is what's been, and it's somewhat the Lions-Dan Campbell thing, too. They stayed true to who they were. Just have the quarterback try to make the plays. And it turned out not to work because they were running so effectively. And Kansas City's back end of the defense is actually pretty solid, pretty good. They're going to get even better next year, which is kind of scary. And Brock Purdy just was not able to make the plays. And I'll defend Kyle Shanahan a little bit because 20 years ago, what were we saying about Andy Reid? Poor clock management. Poor clock management. Can't, can't, can't win. win the big one. Can't win the can't win the NFC Championship. Yep. Can't can't win the big one. Can't get over the hump. Look at the talent he's got on his team. He had Donovan McNabb, who's not nothing. You know, Donovan McNabb and T.O. and still couldn't Namdi get the job done. I mean, they, had, yep. they had some really talented players on that team. Remember Absolutely. The, the quote, was it the, the dream team? Yeah, that was, was uh, Vince Young, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying this is who Kyle Shanahan's always going to be. He's just got some, got some clouds hanging over his head. A couple, I think three in the Super Bowl. Regardless now. how long you've been doing it, you can always learn. Yes. Whether you're Dan Campbell, who's still fairly young in his coaching career. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like what Dan Campbell said to his guys. We haven't even talked about that. And that was, I'm sure, emotion where he's like, you're never going to get another chance at this. We blew it. And there, and, and I, I don't think know that, if he said never. He said, you don't know if you're going to get back here. Which feeling, is the, accurate. But the feeling, though, to his, to his players was, this is it. Probably it for for most of you, and this will never happen again. And we blew it, which I, I understand the moment. In the moment, he felt that way, and I understand why you'd feel that way because you you blew a what a two score lead, mm-hmm. and you were dominating that game. But also Dan Campbell with going forward on fourth down, as we talked about in in that game, yeah, and what that 
ultimately it, it did cost them that game. Mm-hmm. And about learning, about whether you're just a couple of years into being a head coach or Kyle Shanahan, who's now a grizzled veteran, of things you can still learn and, and, and get better at your craft. Unfortunately, you had to learn both those guys on the worst part, on the biggest stage with the brightest light shining NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and like yeah, so I shouldn't say he didn't say never, but the the implication was this this may be it for for most of you, if not all of us. And that's that's true. And it, it could be. And it could Look be. Look at but, Dan Marino. Yeah, they, I mean, everybody, very Dan well Marino, be. be here every single year. Was there I just once. don't know if you want to tell your team that right after you lost the NFC Championship game. I think you're going to get more yays than nays on that inside the Lions locker room because they love that guy, partially because he's not going to beat around the bush and be like, you know what? We screwed up. We'll get him again next year. We'll be right back. Some of those guys thrive on that honesty of, we're not going to get back here. And I don't think it was necessarily the coaching and motivating factor because I don't know if Dan Campbell coaches that far ahead. True. But there's also a part of it that's like, maybe it's a, we may not get back here again. And it's on you guys to do the work this year so we're in a spot to come back and try again. I don't, like I said, I don't think yeah. that's the case. Yeah. But I think some guys are appreciative of the lack of coach speak there. Probably so, but also, as a coach, you're a motivator, too. And I don't know if that's, that motivates necessarily at that moment because you already feel like crap. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you just bl- you blew a huge lead. You lost Detroit's first chance to ever go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm about timing. I don't yeah. know if that's the timing. I'm not, like, if I'm, if I'm a lion in that locker room after the game, I'm not motivated at all. No matter what anybody says in that locker room, I'm... Pissed pro- that we blew a I, sixteen yeah, point I'm lead. I'm probably number one there. I'm upset that we that we yeah we we blew. I'm motivated you know, to not see lead. any of you guys for the next six weeks. Yeah. That's what I'm motivated like, for. Exactly. All right, seven eighteen. Uh, we'll have our uh, top five, our favorites to win the Super Bowl in 2025. Five artists we'd love to see at halftime of the Super Bowl, and then uh, five places we'd like to see the Super Bowl played. We thought, you know, we'll just roll this over into after the Super Bowl. Yeah, why not? All right, so 718, and it's time for... What's happening? All right, it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner at ComWest. They can help your business grow by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure business technology that you have consistently and professionally. It's one call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. They can help you with network support, cybersecurity, a new business phone system, or surveillance Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to their website to hear testimonials about from business owners about the, the job that ComWest does uh, and has done for them. Uh, you can go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, last night, Denver Nuggets in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Nuggets got thumped for the second straight game and losing Monday, Milwaukee. The Bucks down Denver 112-95 as Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 36 points and grabbed 18 rebounds to avenge Milwaukee's recent loss of Ball Arena. Nikola Jokic led the Nuggets to 29 points 
and 12 rebounds as Aaron Gordon added 14 points and seven rebounds. I thought our guys played hard. We can definitely play harder. Um, but yeah, tough, tough way to finish up. You know, getting that butts kicked in sack and a butts kicked tonight. And uh, as I told our players just now, we got one game to go before the break. And uh, I did not want to go into the break with a three-game losing streak. Denver coach Mike Malone, Nuggets guards Jamal Murray and Contavious Caldwell-Pope both left the game with injuries. Malone said Murray's injury isn't considered serious as he left the game with tibia soreness. For uh, KCP's battling the hamstring problem, Nuggets host Sacramento tomorrow night on the team. Final game before the All-Star break, pregame at 6.30. Broncos have replaced secondary coach Christian Parker. Media outlets report that former Denver safety Jim Leonard will replace Parker, who left to join the Philadelphia Eagles staff. The 41-year-old Leonard was previously on coaching staffs in Buffalo and the New York Jets. He was also the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin and was the Badgers' interim head coach. Leonard has Pro Bowl cornerback Patrick Sertan the second, along with All-Pro safety Justin Simmons, but has to improve a secondary that was 22nd against the pass last season. Both Central basketball teams lost their Monday night games at Durango. The Warrior girls lost their second Southwestern League game in a 41-37 loss to the Demons. Central's Christina Manzanera scored 19 points. The Warriors fall to 11-10 and 4-2 and in league. The Demons' Mariah Mestis scored a game-high 20 points as Durango moves to 10-10 and overall. And three and three in league. The Central Boys fell to Durango 62 to 34, with Jackson Amos leading the Warriors with 10 points, with Ryland Nostrand adding eight points. The loss drops the Warriors to nine and eleven overall and two and four in league. The Demon Jacob Newbert and Noah Miles each scored 13 points apiece as Durango moves to 10 and 10 overall, three and three in the SWL. Both Central teams host Fruitum Monument Thursday night on the Team Sports Network with pregame at 5:15. Palisade Boy Palisade basketball teams host Eagle Valley tonight in 5A Western Slope League play. The Bulldog girls have already clinched the league title, while the Palisade boys are battling to make the 5A postseason. Eagle Valley is 21st in the RPI, with Palisade 29th as we head into the final week of the regular season. They're going to be hungry. You know, we beat them at their place. They're going to want a rematch. They just beat Glenwood. Uh, they have a chance to win the league. So they're going to come in hungry, ready to go. We're going to be ready for a dog fight. Bulldogs coach Corey Hitchcock catch coverage of Eagle Valley at Palisade tonight on the Team Sports Network with pregame at 515. Also tonight, Grand Junction boys and girls take on Montrose. Delta Panthers boys basketball team has three games left in their schedule. Their next contest is tonight at Coleridge, a uh, Titans team that's 11 and 9 overall, 7 and 4 in league play. Delta 6 and 5 in league and 8 and 12 overall. Head coach Rob Ames says with these final three games, there's a chance to get to the postseason. Every game is now a playoff game for them. Every game now is the big game. Coleridge is always ready to go, especially toward the end of the year. They start playing their best basketball, but we've got to get them. We just have to get them. We're not even going one game at a time or one quarter at a time. We're going one stop at a time, and that's the way we're going to approach Coleridge Tuesday night. Delta Coleridge tonight on 95.7 The Monkey, 97.1 in Delta. Coverage starts at 5.15. You'll hear from uh, Panthers girls coach Kyle Crowder coming up. Also, Colorado Mesa softball will be playing in a different location for the opening RMAC series this weekend. Mavs were set to play Fort Lewis and Durango Saturday and Sunday, but due to the recent snowstorms in Durango, the Fort Lewis softball field conditions are unplayable. Mavs will play Fort Lewis at Bloomfield High School in Bloomfield, New Mexico. And that's what's happening. Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help for your business today or a new business phone system or improved surveillance, call Nathan and his team at ComWest, 970-242-8142 or go to ComWest Corp. Com. We'll take a break, and we'll come back coming up next. It's Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Panthers girls basketball team. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show. Yeah, I think they're, like, the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Delta girls basketball coach Kyle Crowder on the team. 
And Delta Panthers girls coach Kyle Crowder brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Kyle Crowder joins us. Kyle, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Always great to talk with you. Uh, game day, of course, uh, tonight uh, when you take on uh, Coleridge. We'll get to that in a moment. But uh, let's talk about this run that you're on. What, a 15-game winning streak now for your team? Uh, you knocked off Moffat County uh, this past weekend uh, on Saturday, 58-20. to and, and the beat goes on for your Panther girls. We've talked about it a couple times how start of the season was uh, was a little bit uh, unsteady for your basketball team with, with four straight losses. But uh, ever since uh, that win against Grand Junction back on December 15th, your team has not looked back. It's been an incredible run for your girls. Yeah, it's been a pretty fun year for us. Um, you know, starting off the year, we lost four games, but those were all really good teams. You know, they were playing good basketball, and uh, we were still trying to fit some pieces together. Um, kind of seems like things have kind of come together for us. We're playing really confident right now. Um, I've got really good leadership, and I've got kids that are stepping up every single week. You know, we've been down a couple of players uh, a couple of times, and uh, it doesn't really matter which five I'm putting on the floor. we got girls that are going out and putting up numbers and, and doing the things that we need to do to be able to win. So pretty exciting time for us right now. How important was it to get that one against Montrose? Because you lost to them to start out the season, that four-game losing streak that I referenced. You go to their place. It's always, you know, it's always a loud environment, rowdy environment at Lloyd McMillan. It's always a lot of fun to go go play there uh, and, and try to get a win there. But how uh, important was it to your team to go there and beat a really good Montrose team on their floor? You know, that was that was kind of our focus, you know, and it was kind of a nice week to have that game where we had it because we had three really good days of practice. We really focused and, and we had an idea of what our game plan needed to be and um, the girls were able to really work towards that goal. And, and uh, you know, we went out and, and, and followed the plan and, and stuck to it, and, and we had really good results. So a uh, win like that is really big for us. You know, it's kind of a rivalry game. It is a little bit of hostile environment. You know, their, their coach, he, he's a great coach, and, and he's got those girls playing really well right now. Um, they're having a lot of success. So, um, you know, and, and they're a talented team. So we were pretty excited to see the – things happened the way that they did you know our girls came out and we played really good defense um we limited the shot attempts by some of their shooters and and we rebounded hard you know that was kind of some of our focus for that game so you know taking that momentum hopefully we can use that you know to help us down the way and you know we haven't really been pushed very much this season so to have a game like that where we really get pushed it's physical it's it's you know a, a little bit of a high energy kind of game um, you know, I thought my girls showed a lot of composure and did the things that we needed to. So really excited for that one. Delta Panthers girls coach Kyle Crowder with us. And uh, Kyle, when you, when you look at your team and, and what you've been able to do, I mean, offensively, you know, obviously you, you've had a great season, you know, from, from Taylor Summers, from Kylie Huff as well. But talk about the defensive side of it because you put up some really impressive numbers on, on that end of the floor. Uh, kind of take us through your approach defensively because – You've had some games where your defense has been just absolutely phenomenal uh, during this uh, 15-game winning streak that you've been on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're in a good place because, like I said before, you know, we got lots of girls that are going out and contributing. Um, you know, offensively, I feel like we're finding our groove a little bit. But the defense has always carried us, you know, and that's not just a this year thing. It's, it's every year. Um, you know, our guards do such a good job pressuring people up top. Um you know, and, and like I said, the, the, we rebounded really against uh, really well against Montrose, and we've kind of continued to do that. 
So if we can force teams into taking shots we want them to take, uh, you know, I, I feel like that we're going to have a lot of success in those kind of situations. But, uh, you know, having athletes, having kids that have the experience that we do, having kids that have been in this program for as long as they have, it makes it easy to go out there and kind of execute plans, you know, defensively like that for us. Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Panthers girls basketball team. They're 9-0 and in the 4A Western Slope League. They play at Coleridge tonight. And uh, when you look at Coleridge, it's pretty balanced scoring. Uh, Riley Kruger for them averages seven points per game, about uh, a little under three rebounds per contest. Uh, they have a couple other players in Jacquez and Richards that are about a little under six points per game. Kind of like I said, it's, it's really balanced scoring. They don't have that one real go-to player uh, in the Titans lineup. Yeah, you know, we, we saw them early, and, and I feel like that, that we have a pretty good matchup against them. Um, I feel like that our defense is going to kind of dictate what kind of shots they're going to get. So if we can do that, you know, those girls that are scoring six or eight points a game, I mean, I think we're going to limit their chances to um, do that. And, you know, that's been kind of the key to keeping teams in the, the teams in 20s a lot of the games that we've played so far. Just just that we have so much hustle on our defensive end, um, you know, and, and – We've got girls that they they just keep playing. You know, they don't get complacent when we get ahead. They always want to do better. They never want to come out of the game. You know, they're just competitors. And, you know, when you give a team, you know, the, the motivation to go out there and, and try to hold a team to a few points, um, you know, we have a lot of success against those kind of teams. Um, as, you know, as, as a unit, we can compete and we can do the things that we expect to. So excited for it. Yeah, then that last game when you faced the Titans on your floor, a uh, 68-30 victory, they did not have a player uh, really all that close to double digits. Bradley Jensen, I guess, had eight points, and she was the closest one to double-digit scoring. But that was a big game for, for the Huff sisters, Kylie and Breezy, uh, 15 points apiece. So they went out and uh, had a really nice game uh, against the Titans the last time. I'm sure you're hoping for the, the same tonight uh, from, from the Huff sisters. Yep, they're pretty consistent, so I, I... – kind of just anticipate they're going to go out and compete and, uh, you know, have a lot of success regardless of which team it is, regardless of where we're playing. So, Kyle, always appreciate the time. Of course, we'll have the game tonight, both the boys and the girls games. Uh, Delta at Coleridge, Mark Cantor will have them for you over on the Monkey, which is 97.1 in Delta, 95.7 here in the Valley. It's our Highway 50 game of the week. Kyle, appreciate it. Have a safe trip to uh, Coleridge, and uh, good luck against the Titans tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for the time, Jim. All right, take care. All right, Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta girls basketball team. And uh, right now in the uh, 4A RPI, the uh, Delta girls currently sit at 10th. Uh, Devlin right now 20-2 on the season in 4A. Holy Family 19-2, your your top teams right now. But uh, Delta, with that 15-game winning streak, continues to once again be one of the better uh, girls basketball teams, not just in, in the 4A state rankings but also uh, on the side of the hill as well i mean you you look at uh, they were one of our uh, team's team of the week uh, brought to you by rick nelson um american family insurance here a while back i mean they have they have one against central which is even though they lost last night central's a very tough team really good basketball team uh a, a grand junction team that continues to get better they have they split with montrose lost mm-hmm. 47-39, but then uh, went to Montrose and and picked up the victory the other night, 45-36. So it is a, a quality basketball team. Last year they beat Fruta, and so it is um, it is a really good program that Kyle Crowder has. And once again, uh, right now, uh, Fruta Monument boys, they're undefeated, what, 21-0 right now. 
any of them. The Delta girls at 15-game winning streak, which is pretty darn impressive. Yeah, they started 0-4 even, too. So, I mean, they they kind of game came out of the gate stumbling, you mentioned. And then eight-point loss to Montrose, which Montrose, pretty solid team, but also it's a step up in class, right? Montrose, one of the 5A teams, 4A for Delta. Then they beat Meade, or they lost to Meade by three. Meade's a pretty good program over on the front range, both boys and girls basketball, football as well. So... Then you turn around and you get wins over Grand Junction, a 5A team. Central, a 5A team. Pretty handy, handily beat Grand Junction. Then there's just some teams. on. They have absolutely pelted some teams. They beat Rifle 61 to 10. Basalt 82 to 14. It's one thing to win, but when you're leading scorers, scoring more than the entire team you're playing combined, you're, you're playing some great defense. And your team's really playing well together. And that's what they've been doing the last six weeks? Been playing Seven weeks? dominant basketball. It's crazy. Some of the box scores are just like, man. Yeah, just, that's why I brought up the, the, the defensive side of things because mm-hmm. some of those numbers you referenced, I mean, like the, the rifle game, they give up 10 points. Think about that. Yeah. Give up 10 points. They've that's, given up 28 points to rifle, period, in yeah. two games. Yeah. All right, 7.36, our uh, college basketball insider Wyatt Thompson will join us coming up in a little bit. Uh, next hour, chance to play uh, Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema. All the games next hour. And we're also going to give away that uh, that date night for Fat Cat Pottery on Main Street. We'll do that as well. And we'll have a Wrigley Field Cotterville Sports Trivia next hour as well. And don't forget Mav Day brought to you by Cotterville Craft Coffee and Beer. Swing by there today, 1144 uh, uh, North 7th Street. Over uh, Glenwood. Yeah. So you can stop by there. Uh, Excuse me, 12th Street, not 7th Street. 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood. I've only lived here all my life. Uh, But uh, they're open. They're open right now. James is there. They've got uh, the great coffees where there's no uh, charge for coffee add ons as well. Great Colorado coffees and beers. Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. Open right now. 1144 North 12th Street. And Glenwood across from Colorado Mesa. They uh, proudly bring you Mav Day coming up later on this morning. All right, 737, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. And it's time for Soundcheck. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. One thing I have forgotten over the course of time, well, forgotten a lot of things. One thing I did forget, though, is that after his first retirement, before he played for the Ravens, Deion Sanders did a three-year hitch at the NFL on CBS. That's right. Remember that studio show? You remember who the host of that studio show was at the time? Very familiar name in two different ways to you. Okay. Two different ways. Mm. Stumped? I am stumped. Jim Nance. Jim Nance was the, was stu- the studio host of the NFL on CBS. And so, on Radio Row. Or- wow, okay. I'd, I'd forgot that mm-hmm. Jim Nance had been a studio host for a while. They did some uh, pre-Super Bowl media, and Buffs Beat was in town. Because, of course, they were for the Super Bowl. Dion was there as well, pitching almonds. But Buffs Beat asked Jim Nance... What it was like working with Dion. 
Dion, this was his first television gig, was with us at CBS. And, I mean, I was the host of the NFL today. And I really, really wanted him to be a part of our ensemble. And I mean, I had many, many discussions with him. And I think he needed to be assured that he was going to have someone that was going to be there as a true teammate, working with him and looking after him. And I wanted him to know that he would never, ever, under my stewardship, be put in a position that would make him look bad. There are going to be no curveballs, no questions coming out of left field, no pointed things that you're not prepared for. I will, I guarantee you, I'll give you everything for you to be the absolute best. And he believed that. And I had a wonderful time working with him. I mean, a magical time working with him. And he was extraordinarily good at it. And we did a lot of segments together. Uh, it was... It was a wonderful friendship and partnership. It's still there. We just don't talk as often. But I've been rooting for him every step of the way. And he's had an amazing life. And he worked really hard at being good in television. Jim Nance, Deion Sanders, Boomer Esiason, and Dan Marino. The NFL Today yeah. crew back 2001-2003. Because that would have been, what, Gumble would have been, was he the number one guy? I think he was. Yeah. So, Greg, yeah, Greg was the number one guy at that mm -hmm. time. Because it seems like Jim Nance has been the number one guy forever. Yeah. It, uh, and he, it's only been 20 years. 2004 is when he was huh. eligible. Yeah, I forgot that Jim Nance was the host of it. Mm -hmm. I forgot totally that Dion was on it. I vaguely remember Dion and Dan Marino. Mm -hmm. but I just didn't realize it was all at the same time. Yeah. But I totally forgot the Jim Nance mm -hmm. before he got the chance to take over as the number yep. one guy. Okay. Because he was, he was like their number one guy for basketball, but he wasn't in football. Right, like basketball and golf, and then he wasn't in football. Was yeah. It? He was a studio guy, and then he got the chance mm -hmm. to be the number one guy. All right, 741. They, what, didn't they demote Gumble? I think, yeah, he they ended dem up demoting, demoting and he, him. And then, and then he got the studio gig for a while. Mm -hmm. Then he went to HBO. Yeah. That's, that's Bryant. Oh, it's the same guy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's his brother. Gumble to Gumble. <laughs> One of the best. Different, different Gumble, dude. Best family guy bits ever. Gumble to Gumble. Gumble to Gumble. All right, 741. And our college basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson, joins us next on The Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. Not just crap. The team presents The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. Talking college basketball with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson, on The Jim Davis Show. Joining us right now, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, our college basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson. Hello, Wyatt. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, sir. How about you, buddy? Everything good? I'm doing pretty well. Yes, I'm doing fine on this Tuesday morning. Uh, you've had a, a couple of days off here since uh, the Kansas State Wildcats uh, had that game with BYU. Uh, unfortunately, uh, losing to BYU 72-66, to the, the, the Cougars' defense, that was kind of the difference in that game, wasn't it, uh, in, in regard to BYU picking up the victory? No doubt. I would tell you this. Um, 
I went in with pretty high expectations of BYU in terms of what their resume looks like and their team and what they are and probably walked away from that game even more impressed. Uh, they're so well coached by Mark Pope. He does a really good job. They have two big men that are so uniquely different, but both are hugely effective. It looks like a different offense when each of the two guys are on the floor. They average making about 12 threes a game. They are physical. They defend pretty well. As, as you talked about, that was one of the key things in the game. They did a really good job for the most part most of the night. Um, I, I really like them. I, I think they, depending on matchups, okay, um, I, I think they could uh, they could do a little damage when we get to March. And, and their bench certainly had some impact. Uh, Trey, no doubt. Yeah, Trey Stewart coming off the bench. Uh, hits you know hit some big shots. Uh, he was really a a factor for the Cougars in that victory. I think I think that's such a great point because the truth is he had not played recently because of a leg injury and he gave them some real quality minutes filling in for Dallin Hall, who I really really like as a point guard. I didn't mention him a moment ago, but I had on my chart that he was in a stretch where his assist to turnovers. For 26 to 3. He just doesn't make many mistakes. Um, in addition to that, Jackson Robinson had been starting and they brought him off the bench. They wanted to get Trevin Nell, who'd been so hot shooting the ball into the lineup. And then what happens late in the game? K State draws to within two after being down 58 to 41 with about 940 to go. They run him off a screen through the middle of the lane, catches the ball at the top of the circle, hits a three, and that's a big time dagger there. So, yeah, I. I they're a good club. It's been a long time since I've been out there. But uh, one thing that hasn't changed for BYU is they have great tradition. They have a really nice older arena, and they pack it. <laughs> <laughs> They're a pretty good fit for this league, I think. No doubt about that. Wyatt Thompson, voice can't stay Wildcats for college basketball insider. Uh, just going to last night, uh, the big game in the Big 12 was Kansas-Texas Tech. Six-ranked Kansas, they take it on the chin. Texas Tech gets a 79 79- to 50 victory last night and so when you when you look at the big 12 standings right now and uh, you see houston on top houston's they have uh, they have made the transition nicely into the big 12 uh, for kelvin yeah. sampson uh, at eight and three right now but uh, ku's now seven and five and they they take a a little, a little gut punch last night from texas tech yeah and here's the thing they're seven and five in the league but one and five in the league on the road now, in fairness, last night they played without Kevin McCuller, who is one of the best players in the country, and their point guard, Dewan Harris, rolled his ankle towards the end of the, the ball game on Saturday and probably was playing in somewhere, I'm just guessing, but probably 85 to 90%. So they were far from being at full strength. But I also, in the same breath, don't want to take anything away from Tech. How about this one? I don't know if you noticed this or not, but uh, Tech's got a player on their team uh, Darion Williams, and how about this line? 37 minutes, 30 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. Went 12 for 12, four for four from three, and two for two from the foul line in 37 minutes and eight seconds. You can't get much better than that. That's plus 29 on the plus minus chart. That's crazy. Yeah, you can't be more efficient than that. That is crazy. <laughs> that those yeah, are you know what it reminded numbers. me of when I saw it? It, you remember, you're, you're old enough to remember this. You remember the, the national the tournament championship game that Bill Walton played and didn't miss a shot? Yes. That's what it reminded me of. That's incredible. I mean, who does yeah. that? 
Williams did last night. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? exactly. Yeah, and it's a, it's a <laughs> Texas Tech team that we, we talk about. It's not like Kansas lost to one of the, one of the bottom feeder teams in the Big 12. I mean, Texas Tech, they're 7-4 and four in, in conference play right now. They're, they're third in the conference, and so they – they went. Kansas went to uh, you know and, and faced a Texas Tech team. It's one of the better teams right now in the Big Twelve. Well, and they're twenty sixth in the net pack. Okay, they're they're four and five against Quad One. That's pretty good. Um, and and I think they're right there in this league. It, it's really interesting. Back to the the home and road split, if you will. I think that's one thing that that really sticks out in this league right now to me. And you mentioned Houston at the top at eight and three, and and they're there because why? They're four and three in the league on the road. Do you realize, Jim, that there's only one other team in the conference? One out of the other teams. Well, this is a 14-team league that has a winning record on the road, and that's Texas at 3-2. and two. And the irony of that is they're 2-4 and four at home. It's just, it's, it's it's just crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It is. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's incredible, yeah, how, how tough it is right now to win in the Big 12 in your in your own barn or or on the road right now, and uh, and certainly I think Kansas is getting a uh, a little sample of that. Uh, but uh, Houston's number three team in the nation right now out of the Big Twelve. Kansas is number six. UConn, defending champions, uh, your number one team right now, followed by Purdue, uh, a team that we talk a lot about. Marquette, they're having another sensational season at, at fourth right now. Arizona, they're coming off that uh, victory here a couple of games ago against Colorado, where they just uh, once again really took care of business, went into the C Event Center and and uh, took care of Tad Boyle and the Buffaloes. I, I just think right now, when you look at you look at the the, the top ten teams, North Carolina's dropped a few spots. Obviously, um, they they did pick up the win against uh, Florida against Miami the other day in in ACC play. But I I just think that there is this feeling that things are pretty wide open as we head toward March in the NCAA tournament? I saw, and I agree with that 100%, but with that, I saw somebody write, uh, I think it was yesterday, that uh, they believe that it is UConn and Purdue and everybody else. Do you buy that? No, I, I don't. As good as they both are 22-2 and two right now. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I just, yeah, I don't feel like that they're both that invincible at this point in time. I know, yeah. And I, I don't know if you saw this or not, but did you see Kolick's line for Marquette on Saturday? I did not. 27.7 rebounds, 13 assists. <laughs> I don't know if, if a lot of people have watched him or them, but, again, this all depends on matchups. I get it. But I think he's one of the really terrific players in the country that not everybody talks a ton about. Yeah, tw- yeah, that 22 to the 27 came in the second half. That's just... <laughs> yeah, really, just such a heady player, you know? And like with BYU, I was talking about a while ago with, with their, their big guys. The, the Khalifa kid is 6'11 and 270. And I mean this sincerely, he might be the best passing center that I've seen in college basketball in, in, in maybe better than a decade. It's incredible how good he is. He's not the world's best athlete. He's from Egypt, transferred from Charlotte, but just knows how to play. I I just appreciate good plays so much with with guys like that. The other guy, the Priori kid's just a beast on the block. I mean, they're they're different as night and day. Interesting. Wyatt Thompson. I love college basketball, Uh, don't you? (laughs) Particularly particularly this time of the year, we start to head toward conference tournaments and you know, we're starting to you know thin out the herd a little bit, and you, you get a sense of 
of who you know those teams are going to be maybe you know making the march to the final four and and uh, you know certainly Marquette could be one of those teams uh, moving forward Wyatt Thompson our uh, college uh, basketball insider voice of the Kansas State Wildcats joining us the program this morning why before we uh, before you uh, move on to hour two um, before we wrap things up here you're a longtime Broncos fan how good did it feel to see Randy Gratishar make it made it official everybody yeah. I think we were reading that he was going to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame but to see it uh, become official at the NFL Honors last Thursday uh, just had to warm the cockles of your heart if you're a Broncos fan well, thank you for asking, first and foremost. And, and I I don't think it's much of a secret if people know me even a little bit know that I was one of the biggest Randy Gratishar fans of all time. So I could not be more happy for him. Um, it's long, long, long overdue. One of the real gentlemen in the history of the game, too, wouldn't you say? I mean, just Absolutely. a spectacular individual. Um, um, very, very, very deserving. Late, but better than... Better than never, right? I'm, I'm thrilled for him. I'm thrilled he's in. And I'm sure in your part of the country, uh, Chiefs Kingdom, they're, they're quite happy on this oh, Tuesday. Yeah. It was an incredible game. You know, I said to my son, you know, think about San Francisco. I know mistakes are made in all games, but, you know, they're just a couple of – I thought they were one of the better Super Bowl teams that I'd seen that didn't win. I mean, they have so much talent. Um, you can argue all day about, you know, the, the play calling and coaching and – would I have run Christian McCaffrey a little more? Sure. Absolutely. But it's easy to say that in retrospect, too, right? I mean, you're also throwing to Kittle and Ayuk, and oh, I don't have to name them all. You know who they are. They're loaded, man. They're really good. Yeah, I just thought coming out of the halftime, the, the, they turned away from the run and, and really came back yeah. to, to, to bite them where, you know, feed the ball to Christian McCaffrey, uh, let that guy do his thing, and then, you know, I think some, some poor – play calling in in overtime as well and, and the decision to maybe you know to, to to take the ball in overtime too i think came back to yeah. probably han kyle you know that, that's, that's a great point I, I know you're probably close on time here but I, I i think that will be scrutinized forever because um you know at the time i didn't think much about it but boy looking at it after the fact boy you, you you'd think you'd rather have the ball second because you just have so many more options right i mean it makes sense and for the 49ers players not to know <laughs> that the overtime yeah. rules had changed a couple <laughs> years ago, uh, that's that's not it's not a good look on Kyle Shanahan probably either. Hey, well, no, probably not. I, yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. And they change the rules a lot, but that's part of the gig is to know to know that stuff. And hey, I get I get some of that in my own work, and I'm sure you do too with all the rule changes. Oh yeah. You got to you got to work at it. You do. No, no doubt about it. Hey, Wyatt, always appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we'll we'll talk to you next week. You're the best, buddy. Thank you, sir. All right, take care. Wyatt Thompson, Voice Kansas State Wildcats. He's actually the best. Our uh, college basketball insider. We'll take a break. And hour two coming up next on the team, Sports Network.